This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, he plays songs, certain selections that are supposed to provide clues and hints uh, for Harge and I, and that lead us to the new theme of the day. We didn't get it, but you got it on the Specs Text Line, 512 337 3776. That's why we appreciate you guys. Um, it is the birthday of an all time great rock singer, Chris Cornell. Or, and it would have been his birthday, I yeah. should say. Chris Cornell is no longer with us, so R.I.P. to a legend. So we're celebrating his greatness today with mm-hmm. New Theme Thursday, dedicated to all of his jams and all the different bands that he played with. Is this another band with bands? No, this is Soundgarden. All right, so make sure you, okay, yeah. Sure. So there's a lot that's going on there. Hey, man, the man likes to spread the love around. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right, and apparently there's a lot of folks that love him, too, because the Spectex sign lit up with what we what should have been obvious to Harge and I, <laughs> but wasn't obvious that it was Chris Cornell's birthday. They're like, dude, it's Chris Cornell's birthday. That was pretty easy. So um, sorry about that. But we appreciate you guys helping us out there. All right, uh, we got a lot to get into here in the 5 o'clock. We're going to talk about this NIL story um, that seems to be, uh, right now, just uh, a little surprising because p- no one knew that there was actually a group of senators working on NIL legislation, uh, but turns out there are a group of uh, uh, senators working on it. So we'll get to that story here. Uh, you can be a part of the show, like I said, 512-337-3776, number to the Specs text line. Also, you can uh, hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, my man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. So three U.S. senators have uh, released to the public a bipartisan draft of federal NIL legislation for college sports. Uh, There is one Republican, two Democrats. Uh, The Republican uh, senator is Jerry Morgan from Kansas. Uh, The two Democratic senators are Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut and Cory Booker of New Jersey. And this federal legislation would standardize guidelines for NIL practices all across the country. I mean, real government oversight. Uh, it is actually, I think they're going to call it the College Athlete, Athletes Protection and Compensation Act, officially. But it's going to be national NIL policy with federal government oversight and enforcement. Um, it's going to create an NIL database for transparency um, and even, I know this is actually a part of it that I'm a little bit weary of. It. <laughs> they're going to empower the NCAA, and I imagine what an institution would you empower. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to empower the NCAA, the authority to create rules to enforce provisions within the act while giving the NCAA some legal protections, which they need, because right now they're getting killed in court uh, with all the litigation anytime someone challenges their authority. And student-athletes would receive lifetime scholarships and long-term medical coverage through 
uh, the institution and through an established medical trust that they're going to um, establish some way. I, I imagine taking a percentage maybe of NIL revenue, whatever it may be. Uh, they're going to have a, an established medical trust set up. So these guys will have some type of medical coverage as well, which is also really cool. Um, they're also right now uh, discussing whether they're going to allow how much power they're going to allow for what they are calling the college athletics corporation. Uh, this is going to serve to serve as an NIL clearinghouse. Um, the details have not really been hashed out because this is just a rough draft. This is yep. not, not even close to being in bill form. Just a rough draft here. Um, but they uh, said this going this college athletes corporation is going to serve as an NIO clearinghouse in charge of administering bill uh, administering the bill excuse me and creating specific policy and regulating and certifying agents as well. Um, the CAC uh, will have a 15 member board of trustees, and five of those will be current athletes or former athletes who have you know been um, student athletes within the last 10 years. Yeah. And also the CAC will have subpoena power. See, and that's, that, man. They're saying it will have subpoena power as well. That's also thrown out there. That's Loud big, out, by lo- the way. Loud that huge, don't, when that, you can subpoena people. That, I can say, that, one, yeah. that, that to me, that's the biggest, <laughs> yes. that's the biggest issue uh, in the possible drafting of this bill. It's like, they're going to have subpoena power? Yeah. So they're going to be given power to bring you in court and put you under oath? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, man. That's when everybody. That's what happens when you start getting the feds involved with everything. Pretty much well, when you do that, you get when they say they can subpoena you. Mm-hmm. Problems, problems. Well, this means that <laughs> you there. Yeah, you cannot. This is not a kangaroo court or anything like that. This is not the NCAA who do no. not have that power, which they have the power to penalize you, um, but not the power to necessarily, you know. I don't, I don't know exactly what the penalties would be. Right, that's what I was about you, to say. You're not breaking the law. Breaking the law is different than breaking the rules. Um, breaking the law, usually there's some jail time attached to that and severe financial uh, punishments and repercussions. I'm not sure exactly what that would be for a drafting of breaking NIO law. I'm sure Uncle Sam would get involved because that means you're probably breaking some kind of tax law too. Uh, and they yep. would like that. Then there's like wire fraud in terms of if you're going across state lines and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea exactly how this would work. But subpoena power, yeah, that's scary. It is definitely scary. <laughs> when you hear that, that is the part that you're like, uh-oh. That's not a that's not a good look. But like anything else, as you said, this is just a rough draft of it. Mm-hmm. It's not all the way there. It probably won't get to that point. Uh, as you said, they got bigger fish to fry than worrying about what's going on in college athletics. But I do believe, and this is just my thought, there there needs to be some sort of oversight, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I don't know how you get it, but just don't get the people in legislation to get involved in it. I think you can and be you able to get a commissioner. No, mm. no, no, no. And I definitely don't want subpoena power. That's another, I mean, that right there changes everything. So, I mean, I know everybody wants to believe everybody's playing on uh, the same level. I get that. But he who has the goal makes the rules. And the people that have the most uh, to gain out of this are, are the biggest schools. The ones that lose are the lower level schools. The ones that can't uh, get to this level as far as name, image, and likeness and everything that goes into it. There will never be a, a same playing field. And this is something that we had talked about before, Rod, where we were talking about the super conferences. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in a commissioner 
to oversee it like you would the NFL or or some of these other bigger entities that mm-hmm. that have somebody over it. Yeah. yeah, you could come up with the bylaws and when you create this, but coming out there now and trying to do this, it's a little little, little late. A little late. It is well, it's late, but something's got to be done, right? Because these states are not going to enforce their own laws because the laws are made to give the schools and the states advantages. Yeah, and they're making them vague intentionally to provide them with loopholes that they can, you know, obviously uh, get. Loopholes are always good. Right? Loopholes are good, <laughs> but these loopholes are giving them advantages that states, or at least other schools and other states, don't have because mm-hmm. their state laws are not as progressive. Um, as the state laws here in Texas, and Texas is one of those states, by the way. And so states aren't enforcing the laws. The NCAA has decided, because they're afraid of litigation, that they're not going to enforce NC- the NIL laws on the NCAA rules on NIL, I should say. Not the law. Rules and laws. Very different. Yep, very different. Uh, right? <laughs> so the, the states are not really enforcing their own laws because they just like, hey, man, we're glad it's the Wild Wild West. Go have at it. We want our schools to take advantage of this. And the NCAA, they're not acting because they're scared of litigation, so they're not enforcing their own rules. So who's enforcing the rules on the NIL? I think that's why they're looking to the federal government to, to, to be the savior here. Mm. Because nobody wants to step in unless they create a separate entity, like you said, get a get a commissioner of college football or they yep. separate from the NCAA, which also is a long process that probably would take decades and end up in court anyway. It looks like federal legislation of some kind may be the only avenue because at this point, the there's a great quote. I always bring it up by a writer. I think his name is Eric Hoffer. Uh, but he talks about capitalism and how things happen in our country and over time. And his quote is that every great cause in this country becomes a movement. Uh, the movement will become a business uh, and degenerates into a racket. Yep. And that's the nature of things pretty much in capitalism because, you know, something's a great cause. A lot of people join it. They're passionate about it. Uh, a lot of people means a lot of money. All right. So that movement, I'm going to turn into some money. Right. All right. So let's take that take that movement, turn it into a business. And then by then, everybody wants a piece of it and it becomes a racket. We are at the racket phase of NIL. It took, right. two, oh, it took two years to get there. Um, but my thing was they should have known this was going to happen. And I think, well, I think some people knew and some institutions knew what would happen, including the NCAA, and they wanted it to go off the rails quickly so that they would look like they, they, that basically they were right the entire time. Yeah. That they had the, that the exploitation that they had instituted over, I don't know, decades, almost a century. (laughs) Right. That people would long for that. Instead of the current system of NIL and the compromise of the NIL, which I don't think is the case. The truth is, yes, are these young people taking advantage of NIL? And are we talking about borderline money laundering now at times? Uh. And are we talking about borderline pay for play? Yes. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Mbsaz, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, but is how many decades did the system exploit all of these young student athletes and take <laughs> advantage of them? Uh, uh, and, and a broken system on the other side of things, uh-huh. on the other end of the spectrum. That happened for decades, and nobody wanted to fix it. People kept saying, they got to fix this system, and it's broken. And they finally do something to fix this, some reparations of sorts, if you will, for student-athletes, so they can finally get what they're worth and their value. And now people are upset because, yes, it's being exploited on the other end because it's become a racket like anything in our society. And my thing was, let's ask the question about how long have the institutions – 
and the coaches and the athletic director and everybody benefited from exploiting these young people and exploiting their value. And it's only been two years of them exploiting the system for their own gain. But to me, it's like, well, it was happening on the other end for like a hundred years, almost, or whatever it was, right. 60 cents, whatever it was, yeah. a and, long and, time. And, and now we're, we're upset that these young people are exploiting the system for their own gain and, just for two years. Yes, but, it needs to be fixed on both sides. Correct. This was considered the compromise, but we, got, we still got you know, a long way to go. And, and you can save any, it's not exploitation, and it, you can say in basketball it's one year, so it's, there's a little bit more wiggle room in mm-hmm. that one. Some of these other sports, you go, well, there isn't a pro thing, so the college education is a great thing. In, in college football, to say that it is not exploiting these players, knowing that they have to play college football to reach the NFL, to become the millionaire they want to become, to become that legend they want to become, they have to spend three years in college. That is the path. And college football uses their ability and goes, hey, well, we're, we're the only thing to do it, so we will screw you out of money. We will take all of the money and exploit you completely. College football, it doesn't work that a education is worth it because a lot of these players don't give a crap about your education. Mm-hmm. And they just want to go play football. And they want to play in the NFL. And if they could go straight to the NFL, they would. And if there was a minor league system they could go to, they would. But they have to follow these rules because it's the only way to get there. So I, I get it for other sports. This is a different conversation. But for college football, Yep. The biggest grossing sport. The reason a lot of athletic programs can stay in the positive, making money because of college football. That is a different discussion. And at some point, it's going to be, I think that the government will get involved and it'll be like what happened just with the sale of the commanders. That the government came and got involved. The NFL went, crap, government's involved. They're not doing anything. Now they're just looking at all of us. Yeah. Now yep. they want Now they want to subpoena all of us. Now they, Well, we didn't want this. So as soon as the government gets involved, they're going to go, guys, we just need to figure this out on our own. I know we thought the government was going to help us, but we realized the government's going to help themselves, and that's going to screw both of us. Mm-hmm. So why don't we fix this out? If the Big Ten and the SEC can get together and start something of drafting some rules and drafting some you know, ideas of how to get there, then you can bring on the Big 12 and the Pac-12, and all these other conferences, and and then bring in and say, how many people do we want to bring into this and create a new thing for college football that, yes, we're still going to be involved in student athletics as much as it is because we do want to help these young Mm -hmm. people and give them other options because that will help us get some other, you know, altruistic tax rules and whatever else we need (laughs) to get. But at the same time, we understand this is a massive business, and we can't – we, one of the most annoying things I see in life is people who complain that they have an idea for a business and it doesn't actually work, and then they complain because no one else will let them break the rules to make their business idea work. It's, no, no, no. The, when you have a business idea, the whole thing has to work. It doesn't right now. It didn't for years and years. We just let you do it because they could convince people that these athletes were getting enough out of it, even when a lot of them weren't. It, it is one thing to say it for other college sports. That's a different discussion. College football, it is exploitation to make people play for three years in your game and then not give them anything in return. Yeah. Yeah. All obviously all the NIL situations because all the sports are not created equal. Um the revenue producing we sports. We all understand that. Which are football and basketball a little different. Some yeah. some in some ways baseball. And in some different in some programs, there are different uh 
sports that do really well, like, uh, you know, women's basketball at UConn, Texas volleyball, you know, does really well. Texas softball does well. So I'm not saying that they can no, be you profitable gave the sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying for the most part, yes, Patrick is correct. This is a discussion about football because right. it is the driving force behind a lot of these moves where you're talking about realignment, NIL, transfer portal, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, yeah, we we have some sound of Lane Kiffin. I think you said this, but uh, Harge, uh, that we'll get to too, because Lane Kiffin gets into this and he makes some good points. I think he yeah. actually makes a lot of valid points. I just he's a reality that he doesn't like. He doesn't like. I don't the think new a lot of them. I don't think a lot yeah. of them like it because yeah. they were controlling it before. Yeah, they were the ones that were dropping off bags. That's why Jeremy Pruitt got in trouble. You mm. know, they were being able to go behind. And slide and say, oh, yeah, we'll make sure we get you a house and doing mm-hmm. all that. I was watching Pony Excess the other night, again, about the, the SMU scandal. And it was like, oh, yeah, so we got that. And that's the way it happens, right? So now all of a sudden it's on the, it's on the surface and everybody can get it in like that. And people don't like it because they were the ones controlling it. Now it's like, oh, we can do that now? And it's out in front? It's out there. Oh, yeah. Now the playing field's a little bit different. Now y'all want legislation in here. <laughs> now y'all want all these people to true. regulate this and yeah. put the regulatory rules on point. there. Yeah. Because, wait a minute, they're equal now? If they got money, too, they can they can openly say without saying it? Mm-hmm. We don't have to drop that bag off anymore? Oh, yeah, it's a little bit different now. The free market can be yeah. a scary place. Especially when... Everything ain't free. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, here's here's Lane Kiffin at SEC Media Days giving his thoughts on the new era of the transfer portal and the NIL era that we're in right now. Um, First off, I've always said I think it's phenomenal that players get a chance to get paid, um, which is great. I do think, which I've stood up here and said before when it first happened, that there's going to be some major issues, and we're creating free agency um, with the portal. And <clears throat> with NIL, um, we've got a lot of pay for play going on, and that is what it is. So, you know, those two things combining, there just is not a, a system uh, in place. And I don't think there's any other sports at any level uh, that are like this that. Really, you every year can opt into free agency, really twice a year. And I mean, I was just thinking on a plane right over here, what if you had that in other sports? You know, Tom Brady, Asia Wilson, Lionel Messi, LeBron James. What if every year those guys can opt into free agency twice a year, really, and they had no long-term contracts? Basically, everybody's not even on a one-month contract because they can leave in two windows. So. Um, it's just created a lot of issues and these roster changes and I'm not complaining about it because we take advantage obviously of <clears throat> of free agency but same thing, I don't think that's really good for college football these massive overhauls of rosters every year um, really is not in the best interest of college football there you go. So he's upset about the free market, and I get it. It's a it's a lot of change, and no, it is it is it is far from a perfect system um, at this time. And remember, nil was a compromise between pay for play and the current, or at least the old system of amateurism, and it was a nice compromise. I don't think it has it, it wasn't thought entirely through because it was such a unique 
new concept that there was no way to predict what the fallout and what the butterfly effect would be. So now we're in that phase where we're starting to see all the problems on the end that could arise from NIL, and now we just to come up with some creative solutions for it. And the transfer portal is inextricably linked to NIL. Correct. You want to you want to you, you want to see what your market value is for NIL. Pretty much the way to determine it is go to the transfer portal or threaten to go there. Right. And then you will start to see your market value. And even see it at Texas with Xavier Worthy or Malik Murphy. It's like even if reports of you being lured into the transfer, you ain't got to hit it officially. Exactly. You said some, some Twitter fodder get out there about he may be about going in a transfer portal. You will get your NIL boost and bump. And we both know for a fact that some players like to renegotiate what they do because we've talked about it before. Uh, outperform that contract. The performance, yeah, pay that, basis. exactly. <laughs> performance pay, baby, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I, I listen. I, like I said we, they, they will fix the system, but right now, you know, I don't really have a problem. And I always said this about the transfer report. I said this years ago about the transfer report, and they screwed this up. They should have linked the transfer portal to GPA from the jump and said, "Listen, you can transfer whenever you want to, as long as you have this GPA." And hell, you know, the all-time record GPA for Texas as, as a team is two point eight. That's the highest in the history of the program as a team that they've had as a, as a G- team GPA, which is okay. It's not terrible, but there aren't a lot of guys over there with 3.0 GPAs. No. You should have made it 3.0. Be like, listen, you get 3.0, you can transfer whenever you want to. Right. That you get you get freedom with that, yeah, that, with that academic it. achievement. Yes. You have freedom. But if you don't have that, sorry. And nobody, not even Uncle Sam would have been like, that's a pretty sweet deal, guys. If you're a good student, then you get freedom. To transfer right. where you want. If you're not in good standing as a student, sorry, you got to pay the price. The world's a very different place for winners than it is for losers. No, it, Put it like that. Make it a GPA-based thing. They did not. They don't have to make it 3.0. They could have went 2.75. They yeah. could have went They didn't do anything. They yeah. didn't make it about academics because they don't care about academics, which is why the students don't care about academics, because they don't either. No. Which is why when people keep coming on here talking about they should be worrying about their degrees, the degrees is great. That is what they're going to do. But how many people do you know that got degrees and they're not even in the same business? And, and we're I'm not, an education and, major. And, right. And, and, <laughs> that's what I'm like. and let's not put it this way. We're not talking. We're saying, hey, this should be an option for certain people. Not for like everyone doesn't. A lot of people go to college. They, they play all their years at one school. They, they get their degree and they live a happy life. That happens plenty. No one's complaining about them. Mm-hmm. They're complaining about the people trying to go out. And it's funny because these coaches will always complain. They go, these guys, it's an open market. And you go, hey, man, how many roster spots did you clear by kicking people off your team this year and telling them to transfer? Right, they got to go somewhere else. So you get another recruit. How many? 10, 15? And you're fine with that part of the transfer portal. You're fine with you kicking a guy off because he didn't achieve what he Mm -hmm. wanted to. But when when someone achieves more than you want and they leave, you don't like that part of the transfer portal. Yeah, it's whatever fits you. Yeah, and so that's where it's like, I get it. But if you're going to use the portal in both ways – you can't only complain about the one that hurts you. You have to say, look, it does do good things because before I miss, we misjudged this guy and he came in and his work ethic isn't great and everything else. And we wanted to get rid of him, but we can't start cutting recruits because it'll hurt our recruiting. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is encourage him to go to the transfer portal and then try and get him to the best school possible somewhere else. And then, wow, that guy went to Ole Miss, but now now he's he's at Oregon, and so he went. You know, he didn't go to a bad school. Yeah, yeah, like that. It's just it's done, and it's just weird that they always say one side of it. Like it's only the best players are leaving every year, and you're like, man, you're kicking people off your team every year too. Yeah, you have yeah. no problem about it. Yep. 
I know. I, I know it hurts. I'm not saying they're not heartless people, but but still, you're doing it. Oh, some of them basically tell them to go ahead and get up out of yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, huh? Hey, <laughs> or you could be Brett Venables and give him a year, <laughs> give him that grace. But he still. I mean, he admitted he kicked a bunch of people off that team. He had to, and I, he did. But I'm just saying, he said he did. He said I gave him a year to tell him to get out. But <laughs> I, I, it's not, I got no problem with the players having more player players having more rights and. And really, just having more power in this situation, they haven't had power for a long time um, when it comes to amateur college athletics, and now they do. I think it's a little unsettling yep. for the coaches. They're, they they don't like it. It's unsettling to see your guys driving up in really nice cars like that, throwing around the money. I think it's a little unsettling for them. Um, but you can't pick and choose, you know, um, what you like about the new era of NIL right. and the transfer portal. You know, we call it the free market hitting. Uh, college sports, but I don't know if the coaches understood that. They thought, I think they thought it was just, oh, that's a trendy term. No, it was a warning. <laughs> and they thought, like, oh, it's a, a free market hitting coming. No, no, it was a warning. The free yep. market is coming. All right. And it, it, it does not bow for anybody. It, it's going to completely change the landscape of college sports. And it did in like two years. Yep. Changed everything. It's not even the same, same sports anymore at any level for any sports, women or men. No, very true. Very different. Yep. And I got no problem with it. I like it. I think it's good for the players. Um, I do think there's a period of adjustment, and I don't know if it's going to take you know, Uncle Sam doing it or things settling down in conferences. Never and, Uncle Sam. In the NCAA. Cause <laughs> a lot of people don't want the government involved. They just don't like, to send, they don't like the government, federal government coming in and messing with the free market. They don't want that. And I understand that, too. I get it. I believe in what you said earlier because I've been saying it for a very, very long time. I think it should be uh, attached to academics. I thought if they really wanted to do it early, if they really wanted to set things right, put it on a GPA Mm -hmm. scale, three years. Once you get to this, you get X amount of dollars on your way. I think you Mm -hmm. put it in a trust. I think you put it in, you know, did so many different things that Mm -hmm. they could have done with this, and I think coaches would have agreed to it. I think players oh, would have yeah. agreed to it. Coaches would have loved it. Yeah, and it will be like, oh, well, at least I don't have to worry about him telling them to get to class because mm-hmm. he knows there's something at the reward at the end of this deal. And they go out there and they make it about the education because I understand that everybody's talking about, well, they get free education. You know why? Because they can't, like Patrick's point, they can't go straight to the NFL. You saw Leonard, uh, not Leonard Fournette, what's Maurice Claret tried mm-hmm. to fight it. Because he wanted to leave after his first year. And they said no. They went to court and they said no. Now all of a sudden they've made this thing so different that now there's options for the players. Because yeah, tr- they knew that there were some things that were wrong. And, and trust me, from a guy who was on scholarship, it ain't free. Yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, it is. Trust me. It is not. Payment is due every day. Every day. Yeah. Payment and, and, is due on that scholarship. Day free. Give was, me all when, of when it. When I came back to school after I got done in the NFL, that was a, that was I, was I was on free scholarship then. That was free. Yeah. Shout out to Mac Brown. I, I got back and finished my degree. It took me like a year and a half, and that was with a that was the greatest time I've ever had. At Texas, as, yep. a, as a, it really was, because I had no, I, I wasn't playing football. I wasn't doing anything. I was right. just going back to school as a student. I literally was in the front of the class. I was a nerd all over again. It was awesome. 
It was fantastic. And my point. You actually sat in the front of the class oh, now. I said, well, I, I was, but it got to the point where I was actually a, a mature at the time. Yeah. So I could appreciate <laughs> right, what, the, the front, lesson yeah. and what was being taught. I was a nerd, had done the reading, raising my hand. People were like, this guy is so annoying. <laughs> we are trying to leave. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> I was that guy. But that, if you get to that point about the, the academics, guys these days, they say if they, they want to be great students and want to be committed students, they can. By the way, they're way better students than we were. Yeah. They don't have those. No, right, way they, better. They, they come into school already with credits, and they already come in with, you know, ahead of time. They come in early now. Now they, they get done early. Yeah. They get done, like, uh, with their uh, high school uh, credits. They can graduate, like, either midway through their senior year or sometimes even after their junior year and coming in early. Yep. Um, so these guys, they're not the same student athletes that we were. I think making it about grades, uh, the NCAA is the one that said doesn't care. Institutions, they care about grades. Yep. The NCAA doesn't care about the yep. academics. They ne- Listen, the, the NCAA watched North Carolina with a decades-long <laughs> academic fraud scandal where they admitted that they had academic fraud, made up classes, everything, over two decades. Right. The NCAA looked into it, talked to North Carolina, who admitted, yes, we have been, we have been engaging in academic fraud over a decade and the NCAA looked at it thought about it and said you know what it is academic fraud but that is not necessarily an NCAA violation mm-hmm. I'm not making this up you got I'm not making this up it's too crazy to make up trust me right <laughs> I watched it I watched the special they were like yeah Richard, what was it, McCants? Rashad McCants, he was like, yeah, I don't even know what class it was that I was supposed to be in. making up class yeah, over there? but I was in the basketball gym every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's like, I, yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't. They missed an opportunity. The NCAA missed a lot of opportunity. They missed an opportunity with the transfer portal. That was yep. a perfect way to regulate it. Yep. Perfect way. Nobody can argue with students in good academic standing. Agree. Freedom, right? uh, uh, yep. And you I agree. And you can't say that I'm restricting you when your grades are your. If your grades are at a certain point, then you would get the same freedom too. I thought that would have been a great idea. Anyway, uh, let's get to Rod's round today. I want to switch it up. I want to talk some NFL. Let's talk about who's going to win the MVP next year, and let's take Patrick Mahomes out of it. All right, uh-huh. you got to take Mahomes out of that okay. conversation because otherwise, it's a boring conversation and a short one. All right, so we'll have a conversation about breakout quarterbacks. Who could win the MVP? Who could be that breakout mm-hmm. quarterback to win MVP next season? We'll discuss that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, I was doing some rabbit holing uh, earlier this week, uh, thinking about the NFL MVP, and I was thinking about who could be the kind of the, the the breakout player to win MVP. First of all, breakout quarterback. It's going to be a quarterback to win MVP. It always <laughs> is. I mean, 29 out of the last 33 MVPs um, were quarterbacks on teams with 12 or more wins. Um, a quarterback has won a share of the NFL MVP 33 times since 1981. 
Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's going to be a quarterback. I mean, ninety percent chance going to be a QB. And with the way they treat running backs these days, we know it ain't going to be a running back these days. Um, so maybe Justin Jefferson's got a shot. He did win Offensive Player of the Year last year, and is a ninety-nine rating on on the Madden. Boom. Uh, all right, but getting to it, uh, who could and we take Patrick Mahomes out of the conversation? Let's just take him out of it. That makes it a little too easy uh, to say that oh, Patrick Mahomes could win MVP again because he could. But usually they're a little reluctant to give it to a player back to back years unless they're just you know, otherworldly and extraordinary, and he could. It certainly do that because Patrick Mahomes uh, is in that rarefied era. But one thing you'll find, though, about these, um, at least about players who are in MVP conversation, is that a lot of them are in the second year in their certain offensive system. They're, and it's weird because Matt Ryan was in his second year uh, in Shano's system when he won MVP in 2016. Um, remember, Carson Wentz was on his way to winning an MVP his second year in the season with Doug Peterson, and then everything went to hell for him and Nick Foles. Big blank Nick, um, shout out to uh, the Westlake quarterback, ends up winning the Super Bowl MVP because they win the Super Bowl that year. Jared Goff, remember, uh, Jared Goff, he had his Super Bowl run as a quarterback in his second year under Sean McVay. Patrick Mahomes, 2018, breakout year, won the MVP. I uh, remember, obviously, Jared Goff didn't win MVP that year, but he was actually in the conversation, um, and he ended up winning, uh, going to a Super Bowl that year. Patrick Mahomes in 2018, he wins MVP, has his breakout year with Andy Reid. That was his second year under Andy Reid um, as a starting quarterback in the NFL, um, or it's his second year, and he was his first year as a, a starter, as a mainline starter for them. Uh, Lamar Jackson won the MVP his second season with Baltimore, but uh, Greg Roman actually um, that was his first season under Greg Roman. So that's a little bit of a mm, – that one actually kind of breaks the trend. Aaron Rodgers, second year, he won, wins the MVP uh, in 2020 with Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett. It was his second year in that system with those guys. And Jalen Hurts did not win MVP, but he came in second, I believe, last season. It was his second year under that Nick Sirianni system. Uh, on offense, and now, uh, of course, uh, both his his offensive coordinator going. He lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. So, trying to stay with that trend, and then looking at players who had their breakout years. It's kind of what they call the leap year for a quarterback. Every year, there's going to be a quarterback or two that has a huge leap in their performance and productivity. Uh, we talked to it was Jared Goff in 2017, um, and that was his second year, I believe. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a huge leap in 2018, came out of nowhere, took over the league. That was his second year. Lamar Jackson in 2019 took over the league's second year. Um, Josh Allen, actually, that was his third year in 2020. He came out of nowhere and was one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the NFL in 2020. 2021, it was Joe Burrow. Second year, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere, led that team on a Super Bowl run. And in 2022, I would argue you had multiple quarterbacks. First of all, you're looking at second-year quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, the one that took the huge leap uh, in 2022 as a second-year quarterback. But go look at Jalen Hurts, third year for him, and held Tua, had a leap. It was his third year. And Geno Smith had a leap, was probably the most – improbable one because it was his ninth year in the league and he had his best year and got a bag and got a bag that just doesn't happen so that's more of an anomaly that's probably an outlier but usually second or third year all those quarterbacks that i just talked about they're second or third year guys and that's when they take their huge leap 
they don't win the MVP, at least they're going to be in the conversation. So the combination of a quarterback uh, second year in the system and or a quarterback who is in their second or third year in the okay. league can make that kind okay. of leap to be and, and no, it still could be a Joe Burrow that could win the MVP. I mean, it could just be him who doesn't fit any of these type of criteria. I'm just trying to predict what quarterback's going to take that leap next season okay. and who it could be. And there are a couple of candidates. And I know I said Tua already made a leap, but honestly, Tua could, in terms of MVP, he could end up in MVP discussion next season. He he's, wasn't, pl- he's plus 1925 right now. What would that put him in? What place? Um, uh, He would be seventh. Because or he, ninth. He would be ninth, actually. That might be pretty good value. I mean, last year. Now he's got he's got to stay upright, and yep. he's getting he's thick with it now. He, he gained a lot of weight. Thick. Yeah, because he's usually fragile, but he gained a lot of weight, and he's practicing some martial arts yep. uh, yeah. to make Jiu-jitsu. sure jujitsu. Learning sure how to fall. He can fall correctly. Yep. Uh, he was number one in yards per attempt last season. Number two in first down rate. Number two in passer rating. Number three in touchdown percentage. Number four in red zone success rate, and number five in just overall success rate. It would be his third year. Uh, so that kind of fits the trend. It's his second year under Mike McDaniel in mm-hmm. a new system, so that fits the trend. He's got to stay healthy, and he's got the best duo of raw receivers in the league. Fastest for sure. Fastest, and I guess that yeah, fastest no doubt. That yep. one of the best duos in the league, depending on how you want to look at it. Yep. Um, so Tua would be in that conversation, no okay. doubt, because he fits a lot of those. Trevor Lawrence is probably also in that conversation. His last ten games, he was unbelievable. He's he's eighth, and he's plus eighteen hundred. Fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions. Second year in that system under Doug Peterson, yep. and he's got weapons. Remember, yep. now they get Calvin Ridley right back because mm-hmm. uh, he was off his suspension. They got Christian Kirk, then they signed Evan Egram, uh, Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. They got some weapons. He's another guy that fits second year and also second year in that third year. Excuse me, but second year in that system. Mm-hmm. So that he kind of fits, too, could be a breakout campaign or a leap year for him. And I know this sounds crazy, but Jared Goff with Ben Johnson, that's is his second year in that system. They were a top-five offense last year, guys, and that was Jared Goff's uh, first year in that system under Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to have a one more year. They were a top-five offense last year. We've seen Jared Goff do this before. Now he's not early in his career. He's a veteran now. He's been in the league a long time. Uh, but in terms of second year in that system, he does fit that trend. And I would put him on that list potentially. Is he What kind of odds does he have? Plus 3,400. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Added Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Jameson Williams suspended for six games, yeah. but they add Denzel Mims. They Yo. just make the trade for him yesterday. Oh yeah, that's right. So that. they they and add you a got Amara St. Brown. Yes, no, exactly. I'm just saying of adding yeah, depth. Yeah, yeah. Adding depth. Uh, yeah. When you say all right, we have Amara, but he's going to get triple teamed <laughs> if we yeah. got Jameson Williams out right now. You add Denzel Mims to give him a little bit more uh, thing there. <laughs> have you have you put Justin Fields in this as a? He 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 is on the list, yes. Uh, but I mean, I, we say second right, year no, of yes. how they're coaching him totally this way. Totally agree. Totally agree. So there's a second year of, yep. hey, we're going to use your runner. We got you D- DJ Moore now. You've got a really good running back core with you. Oh, yeah, Rojo is in that running back core now, Rojo, too. Deontay Khalil, Foreman, uh, and Herbert, 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 yeah. 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 That's actually that's a good one, dude. And yeah, if Chase if Chase Claypool, I mean, he's considered a disappointment. They got Equinemius St. Brown there with yep, him too, yep. though. Um, he yeah. looks good right Justin now. Justin Fields right now, Justin Fields should say we're looking at basically dark horses for the MVP. We taking out Patrick Mahomes and taking out guys yeah. like Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Um, they got to win though. Just remember that they got to win. He may yes. put up great numbers, but if if he don't win, they ain't gonna give him no MVP. But Justin Fields that's numbers. A great point. 
Justin Fields, I just had, oh, he's plus 2,200. Yeah, no, hardest right. Uh, 29 of the last 33 MVPs were quarterbacks on teams with 12 or more wins. Yeah. I, I'll tell you a guy who, so you ha- win. who has to win but should put up huge numbers this year is Herbert. Yeah. He should. But, he'll be, but it'll be kind of Rod's opposite deal, though, because no, it'll no, be it the first year with Kellen Moore, but – no. It doesn't fit, but if we it say fit, we know right. Kellen Moore puts up numbers. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. So it's a question of do they win enough games? If they win enough games, he's got tons of weapons. He's got, yeah. he's got a coordinator who wants to throw the ball. He's got a, a, a running back who's going to be catching passes, too, in Austin Eckler. You add Quentin Johnson as your number three this year, who is a great number three to have that role. He is. I, like, I, I think that the question for me of him is if he wins, if they win 14 games, I think that puts him in that conversation because we know he's just going to have crazy stats. I agree with yep. you on that, too. Herbert's in that conversation, no doubt. Where do you put Even, Lamar Jackson in your conversation? Um, first year under Todd Monk, and I will say this, he won his MVP first season under Greg Roman. Yep. Uh, and and he got the bag. And Todd Munkin says that he is going to give him control of the offense, something he did not have under Greg Roman, which means he can set protections now and change the plays a lot more now. Um, I'm hoping that's a good thing for Lamar if Jackson. They, if OBJ plays? I, I mean, if he plays, I'm just saying if he plays, he's better than what he's had recently. He is, but they're investing more in wide receiver than they have in the last, no, no. Again, maybe this is the first rookie contract of Lamar. They didn't invest at all really in wide receiver. And I think now they're going to start investing more. At least look at the last two drafts. Yeah, they, they saw Mark Andrews, who yeah. they play a lot. Plus 1475 for Lamar Jackson. Okay. It's what? just an interesting. He's a former MVP. He's shown yep. he can do it before. New system. But he doesn't fit the rule, but it's just an interesting one, and he's got a lot to prove this season. No, he does. Well, the one that I'm thinking of that nobody's talking about as of yet, I don't know. You're not probably not finished yet. No, but, no, go ahead. But Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets. We know he's an MVP. We know he's he's still at MVP caliber. He just won it. <laughs> so you sit here and you look at what he's able capable of doing with the new weapons. But it will be a new offense for him. But he's well, with his old I would say OC. New, yeah, so a, he's with his old kind of old offense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'd be interested. He's plus um fifteen seventy-five. And of course, the conversation that I'm gonna bring it up to, my man Nate, Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott cuts down the the number of interceptions, which we all expect him to do, mm. increases the touchdowns, Cowboys win a bunch of games, does Dak become an outsider. He's plus 2,000. So he's in the top 10 of the top candidates right now. He's number 10 of the candidates at uh, mybookie.com. If we believe Mike McCarthy and his offense, or at least the Texas Coast offense and descriptions of it, apparently they're going to run the ball more to expose Dak less. So I don't know if he'll have the, the prolific stats. They'll be right. better. I don't right. know if they'll be prolific if they're running it more. I, don't I, do. I think that's coach speak. I do, too. I think they're going to throw it a lot. Yeah. 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 Because I, mean, I think it's going to be, a, like you've been saying, quick game, quick game, get yeah. it out of his hand. I agree. And, but th- we all know that Dak's numbers are big off of play action. So if you're telling me you're going to run it, you want me to believe you're going to run it, you're going to have to run play action. Yeah. And if you run yeah. play action, you, you're about that action. I think, I think he's going <laughs> to need one of those tight ends to, to play really I well. I told you. Ferguson. I, it may, and it may mm. be. I'm just saying I think he needs one of those guys to step up because we know he likes to throw to tight ends. Mm-hmm. And so to give him that blanket so he doesn't necessarily throw picks, throw into trouble, that'll open it up. And then it opens up for Gallup a ton is that third spot. Brandon Cook's at number two. And then you got CeeDee Lamb. So I, 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 if if he finds a tight end that can really go, 
then you drafted one too. Yeah, they drafted. That's what I'm saying. If they find that Michigan. guy, mm-hmm. it becomes maker. a little bit more of a possibility. But I still think that's a that's a that's a long long shot in my head. But yeah, all these are kind of long shots. I mean, the truth yeah. is, you know, the, the favorites will be the same favorites: Mahomes, Josh yeah. Allen, yeah. and Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow will be yeah. ahead of Josh Allen this year. It'll be yeah, it'll be Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. And Joe Burrow's probably he's got a good shot to win it this year. I think just because I think that there'll be a little. I don't know if it's – I just think with Patrick Mahomes winning it last season and all the talk about how dominant Patrick Mahomes is, that gets a little old for the media, and you want some Look. new, fresh headlines, something new and fresh. And that's why these breakout leap years for quarterbacks always puts them, thrusts them into the MVP conversation because they want a new headline. Yeah. They want something new and sexy to talk about, and I don't know, one of those guys may be it. Okay, uh, there you go, some dark horses um, talking to talk about the MVP for the NFL. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dad did not expect – Hey, I did not dark, expect the horse. I just, I just wanted it, some dark horses. Is, uh, <laughs> is it neighing? What, what do you describe as a horse? Is it, is, I think it's a neighing. Is it a neighing? Yeah, definitely. Nay. Wow. Watch me neigh neigh. <laughs> that would call me a surprise. All right, we'll come back. New theme Thursday. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire plays jams and songs that are supposed to uh, give us clues and hints as to what the new theme of the day is. And it was pretty easy for you guys, not for Hart and I. You guys got it pretty quickly on the Specs text line. Uh, it is the birthday. It would have been the birthday of the great Chris Cornell. So uh, in honor of his greatness, my man Patrick is dedicating a new theme Thursday to him. Uh, what Chris Cornell jam is this one? This is Audio Slave. Show me how to live. Show me how to live. All right. I do got one I've song I wrote down. You ready to this one before? This this one mm-hmm. you get some you get some good screams in this one. Yeah. Good screams? Yeah, he's cause his voice. He's a screamer? Is, yeah, he can go okay. he can go pretty uh pretty mm. pretty good there. Okay. This is a good song that they play at adult entertainment places. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, this one the Back lady in the, the lady. Day, like this is what? Nineteen ninety something? 2000, 2002. It's one of yeah, the ladies' top choices. Yeah, but boy, that's what I heard probably way back in the day. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't play it these days. No, probably not. You wouldn't hear them playing an old school jam like this in the gentleman's club. Cinnamon doesn't like that one. Cinnamon doesn't. <laughs> coming to the stage. <laughs> Strip club DJ was always one of those jobs where... He was like, man, I wonder could I be a, a good strip club DJ? You could. You got the voice for it? I don't have you the do, voice do, for no, it. You do know, but do you have like a strip you club have, DJ voice? No, I don't. Chad has a good one. I heard Chad do a strip yeah, club Yeah, go to the main stage. Yes. yes. And then you just always yes. have to throw in uh, random drink specials. I was yes. just about to say, make that sure you yeah, tip got... your weight staff. They're working hard for you. <laughs> Not only on stage, but also around the bar. Yeah, it can't be hard. I mean, you're just playing the songs the women want you to play. Yeah. We got $14 Jaeger shots going <laughs> off. There's a Buick LeSabre with your lights on in the driveway. <laughs> Uh, gonna go check that out. Pull the lights down, and ladies, the headlights are up for you on the main stage. It's diamond. That's actually pretty good. That is outstanding, Patrick. Another talent, my Patrick. Yeah. 
apparently strip club DJ guys. You had to work before. I've never been to one. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that is that was pretty good. It happens like that in all the movies. <laughs> uh, all right, you know what? We're not gonna follow that one. Strip club DJ guy. That's a nice note. All right, we'll get back to uh, some Texas college football discussion because uh, those pro football focus offensive line rankings. I want to get back to that. Also, the real UT when Texas goes hmm. to the SEC. Apparently, one of the uh, the battles that they'll uh, have to endure in the SEC will be over who's the real UT. We'll discuss that. All that more right here on Ball Don't